get the full bonfire experience on your screen youtube.com slash bonfire sports thumbs up subscribe you'll know when we're live enjoy the games Bombers capture a win in preseason week number one. Welcome inside season two debut of game day after dark matinee game still light outside. We got those after dark vibes flowing here around the bonfire. Thanks for joining us. Darren bombing joined as always by the schnitz Zach Schnitzer. How you doing, buddy? Good to see you back. Oh, good to see you too. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm feeling all steamy and hot around the bonfire and excited to see all our fire starters this year. And uh, yeah, let's go. Absolutely. Yeah. A uh, couple people in the, in the live chat, Trevor Thompson saying I'm in preseason mode too. Fair enough. Trying to get some uh, fancy new software going here uh, on bonfire sports, but Appreciate all of you hanging out, checking it out, uh, and supporting the channel. Had a great time with Chris Walby on the pregame show, Game Day Winnipeg, as we always do. We'll go live eh, early afternoon, mid-afternoon, the day before every game, but of course, live and on demand, uh, available to you on podcast, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, you name it, LinkedIn. I don't know if this one's going to LinkedIn. I think there was a blip, but uh, Game Day After Dark. Zach, you're going to join me a lot this season. And then our weekly show, we are going to get it going this coming oh, yeah. Wednesday, Bonfire Midweek, uh, which is, is going to be a ton of fun as it always is. Uh, love doing the show with you, man. And uh, people love people love checking out the show too. How was your off season? Before we get into the Blue Bombers off season, their win 25-23 today. Terrell Pigram will talk about Matt Cole, some goofiness uh, on the field, <laughs> uh, even, uh, you know, some first team offense sightings uh, with uh, Zach Kolaris at the helm, getting a couple touchdowns going. But how are you, man? Tell me about yourself. People oh, want to know. I'm, I'm doing great. What can I say? My, my two-year-old's almost three, so... The older he gets, the easier it gets. He's a he's an he's a manimal. He's an animal. He's whipped the iPad at my wife's head this morning before I even he got did, up. So he's taken after his dad. <laughs> Big question for me is: Do I do I keep the beard? Do I grow the beard to to look like your twin, Darren? Or do well, I, I probably it? have enough to share at this point? Well, I, got, I, I gotta... saw you whip out that beard brush, and for those of you who don't know, got... a beard brush is essential <laughs> when you have a beautiful bushy beard like Darren you need a beard brush yeah it was about uh, no. it was about six dollars at the drugstore that yeah that very fancy beard brush but it I have like one too I have one too I you gotta tame it down beard. I have some beard wax too um anyway nice to see everybody I'm done doing great and Sandy of course got the mug here oh baby. yes love it Mine's Love in the it. other room, so I'm not going to get up and get it, but uh, I've already thanked Sandy in person. So sweet. Uh, great to see her and, and everybody else uh, who's been uh, checking out Bonfire and, and coming to say hello at Bombers practice throughout training camp uh, and the rest. I sent out a tweet today. So here's the deal. Very simple. You're going to see it on the ticker below. That's the Bonfire hotline number. 816 tips. 816-8477. 
If you text me your name and your email address, I'll send you the password and the link, but you'll need the password uh, in order to download the Bonfire Sports Annual Way, Way Too Early depth chart. Uh, it will become just the singular way too early depth chart next week going into uh, preseason game number two. Uh, and then it'll be the too early depth chart uh, going into week one with the Hamilton Tiger Cats uh, against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. But uh, either way, uh, with that document, you're going to be able to see kind of who all these new guys are, where they fit, where they might be competing. Uh, Who stood out to you today, Zach? Everybody else out there, hit up the live chat. Let us know who you liked, who you didn't like, what you saw. Uh, Hit up those comments. And then while you're there, give a thumbs up. Uh, Just do it. Go ahead. You can do it. It's easy. Click, click. I I thought a bunch of guys stood out. I mean, I'm still not clear if that last... uh attempted walk-off field goal was blocked by by Caleb Thomas I think it was number 52 he had a sack earlier in the game for a big loss and if he blocked that that's Mm -hmm. a big standout moment for him but I don't think we have clarification on that yet no we don't uh and I don't know if we're going to get it yeah great it's preseason it's preseason and uh, even even the stats were kind of spotty today so I can't even throw a whole bunch of stats at you guys like I like I normally do. I have a bunch of Edmonton Elk stats. If you want to know Taylor right. Cornelius going 68% or pardon me, Kyle Oxley going 68%, 183 yards okay. and a touch. Um, you know, uh, Trey Ford, Tyrell, his brother, his twin right. brother, uh, you know, ran a whole bunch of times, um, you know, didn't look super comfortable in, in, in the pocket, but, uh, you know, made some things happen in his first appearance in his second season. But for the blue bombers, I mean, I'm really encouraged. I think everybody should be really encouraged by uh, Piggy T, they call him. Piggy T. Terrell Pigram, number three. I told you, all you guys that have been watching or following uh, on social media, I told you the body type is just like Kevin Glenn, but man, this guy has got wheels. He can throw the football too, as you saw in that second and 27 conversion uh, that he made in the fourth quarter. Yeah, fourth quarter. But what an athlete this guy is. I don't know if today secured that third string job, but it made the decision for the Blue Bombers yeah. possibly a lot more difficult as they try to replace Dakota Prukop in that short yardage quarterback spot. Yeah, that's well said, Darren. And I think I think he may have gone. I'm not going to say he secured it, but he probably went. He went a long way in uh, putting his name in bold. Let's just say. I mean, that 45 yard run was was a thing of beauty. The way he accelerated to the house. It was incredible. I just thought it was going to be a quarterback sneak. Uh, he couldn't find anyone, but you saw him going through his progressions as well. He didn't just run like many running QBs do. You know, he went through his progressions and and ran when he had to and and that acceleration was phenomenal. So I think and then he had that big big throw to Jeremy Murphy on what was it? Second and 27 after yeah. the bad snap. I mean, yeah. I thought he he looked he looked like, you know, maybe Kolaris gets the the nod for the best quarterback showing there with his nice pass to Lawler. But um, I thought Piggy T really stole the show tonight. Couldn't agree more. Oh, and you know what? See, look at that. Gonna, that was such a still, good comment that I got some music. You just that was just gonna drop the mic there and end the show. <laughs> the chain, the chain is here, but it's not. Chain doesn't come out till the regular season, folks. Waiters, yeah. 
we're, we're going to iron out the wrinkles here. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, trying to give you guys a dynamic program. If, if you're <laughs> listening on uh, podcast, appreciate you guys subscribing and, and downloading. Podcast numbers have been off the charts, which is just so encouraging to see. Appreciate everybody out there. And, and I'm, I'm not just saying that. We appreciate you listening. Uh, and, and of course, um, you know, part of that is uh, giving it up for our sponsors, including Shannon's Irish Pub. 175 Carlton Street. If you've never been, you need to go. Pure, eclectic atmosphere. Unique and just frankly awesome. It's under the streets. 175 Carlton, just a saucer pass down from the rink. Just, you know, a block, block and a half from True North Square. Jets games, Bombers games, before and after, game day specials, tons of beers on tap, cocktails. They've got your great selection of whiskeys uh, and scotches uh, and the rest. And the food. Well, it's the food, Zach, that I think is uh, maybe easy to overlook when you're when you're talking about uh, an Irish pub, but um, not here. We encourage you to, to get out there and, and check out some of their great food choices, way beyond uh, pub food. But um, if you're listening on podcast... We're, we're trying all these new things, so forgive it, head over to youtube.com slash bonfire sports, subscribe there, hit the thumbs up, all of those good things that, that helps the algorithm. It helps get the message out there. It helps grow the channel and it helps our sponsors that support us. Um, so go check them out, uh, at Shannon's Irish pub. We got a couple more, uh, sponsors coming on board this year too, but OG was Shannon's. Um, I think Terrell Pigram is a completely different physical makeup than Dakota Prukop, than Chris Streveler. I don't know if you could, anybody compares to Chris Streveler, really, <laughs> um, at least not at the quarterback position traditionally. But if he gets the job done and provides that same run and pass threat that yeah. those two quarterbacks that I just mentioned had, Winnipeg's yeah. previous, you know, short yardage guys, then you can be effective. I don't want to remind everybody of the Grey Cup, but I don't want to hang a loss on one guy. But there was, there were those interceptions that um, uh, that Dakota Prukop threw. Now Winnipeg was was trying to get spicy and a little creative, and uh, you know uh, catch the Argos uh, on their heels a little bit, and it bit them, uh, you know, it bit themselves in in the behind. But uh, you know that's part of what you want in that short yardage quarterback that he is a threat to throw the football. If Terrell Pigram, uh, can, you know, put one and two together and, and, uh, you know, I don't mean to, you know, say like, Oh, it's, it's that easy, but if he can put the run skill and the pass skill together, um, you know, this is looking like a, a nice little tool in Buck Pierce's tool belt. DB, you can, they say in football, you can't teach speed. And that speed that he showed mm -hmm. was off the charts. I mean, I went, I went to get a sip of my drink, and I look back, and he's in the end zone. Like I, it went so fast that I missed it. And th this team, going back to the Paul Lapolice offense, traditionally runs that third quarterback as a running sort of running third down wedge package specialist. But if that quarterback has an arm like Prukop did, although you mentioned the Great Cup blunder then it really adds an intriguing weapon to the arsenal of that QB room for the Bombers because if he can run like that, and I don't even think Prukop could run like that, this was, I mean, wow. Oh, come on. 
I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you there. I don't know if he was that fast though, DB. Was he that fast? Maybe not quite that fast in, in the wide open Ooh. field, but Dakota Prukop could run. It wasn't just oh, like he, he was yeah. apt at it. He had speed. Uh, his last year with the Edmonton Elks, like their highlight of the year in that terrible year they had two years ago before Prukop joined the Bombers, his 44-yard touchdown run against Winnipeg was their highlight of the year. So yeah. No, you he know, had running it, skills. I just don't know oh, if yeah. he had that speed. But uh, I, I just think it's an intriguing weapon to have in your arsenal, completely unlike Drew Brown and Zach Kolaris. So I, I don't know. How do, how do you think uh, Josh Jones looked? I, I thought he looked okay. Yep. He, took a, he took a sack that maybe he, he needed to throw the ball away on. He looked a little bit slow. Um, but, you know, that was – it's like, oh, crap, I, I I have to go right after Piggy. It's like when you do a speech and someone kills it at right. a wedding and you go – you're the next one, right? And and Piggy just – Like you got to like you gotta follow Dave Oh, Chappelle I got to follow that, he probably says to Piggy. Be like, hey, you know, g- give us 15 minutes on stage. You're up after Chappelle. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. I'll be I'll – Exactly. Be, no problem. Uh, you know – However, the Blue Bombers quarterback situation behind Zach Kolaris and, and Drew Brown, however that shakes out, um, I wonder if they'll have space or or allot the space on the practice roster for that for that other quarterback. Um, you know, in years past, it's, you know, who is that heir apparent? Who is that quarterback of the future? And it is Drew Brown. It has been it will continue to be throughout this final year on his contract will he want to sign to continue to learn and develop under zach Kolaris, or at the end of this season you know you never know what you're going to get through a season how much playing time he gets could be a bunch could be none uh whether he goes and signs a contract to be a, a starting quarterback with another team and what that money might be like if it's three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. 325, you know, kind of that like low end show me contract for CFL quarterbacks, or if somebody's willing to give him 400 plus, um, you know, I, I, you, you could see in the CFL, there could be a team that's desperate and mm-hmm. throws a whole bunch of money at Drew Brown because why not? You, you, if you're that desperate to find somebody, look at the league right now, look at the lack of quarterbacking, um, we might be surprised as, as the season goes on, but right now it looks like Zach Kolaris and, and Jeremiah Masoli and, and nobody else. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm smiling, Darren, because what you're describing is exactly like being desperate is exactly where the bombers were in 2014 and right. 2013. You remember That's when they threw like, a bunch of money at Kolaris and yeah. he signed with Hamilton. They threw a bunch of money at Drew uh Henry Burris. Yeah. He signed with Ottawa. And uh, I mean, we're we're Drew Willie came the, to town. We're the team that has the Drew Willie, right? We're the team that has that backup. We're we're the team that's the you know, the new Calgary Stampeders, right? We have a backup quarterback that will be coveted. You know, if if he's you know, you've been high on them since the very beginning. So, and you, and you know, you've said that other teams have, have, have said good things about them as well. So, you know, it's funny. It's funny that we're in that position now. It's the opposite. Don't smash your piggy bank. Take <laughs> piggy, piggy to piggy, the bank. Piggy to uh, the bank. But yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued by what, what piggy did today. I think, you know, some, some guys 
really turn it on when the lights go on, right? Things are faster and more furious in actual live game action than they are in, in uh, training camp. And, you know, Piggy might be one of those guys. We'll see. We'll see on June 2nd. He might want to be one of those guys that really turns it on uh, in the bright lights. Yeah, we're, you know, we're going to be able to talk about this all week. You'll join me Wednesday. We'll go live, what, 730 Wednesday, Zach? Yeah, yeah, for sure, buddy. Season I think two we'll premieres. do Wednesdays unless you have a game on Thursday, which the Bombers have a few, because uh, you and you and the big guy will be on. Yeah, and I think there's one with the Sea Bears too that I uh, might have a conflict, but we'll, we'll we'll straighten it out. Generally speaking, you're you're not going to miss us if you uh, tune in Wednesdays uh, at seven thirty. So we'll talk about it on Bonfire Midweek this week. We'll talk about it uh, when Walby joins me uh, for Game Day Winnipeg the day before that June second Bombers home preseason opener final preseason game the saskatchewan rough riders coming to town how yeah. great is that uh <laughs> lo- love when they play the the rough riders in the preseason it's kind of yeah. been uh, an annual tradition now but love it even more when it's here in winnipeg yeah. and then they're in town what like a couple weeks later yeah week two week two that's great it's always it, who 16. cares if it's preseason it's it's always great to have yeah. the rough riders here but you you would ask me, you know, who stood out. So obviously Piggy stands out. Um, a couple other guys I'll throw at you is uh, Abu Soiree. I Abu Durami Soiree. He seemed like he was all over the field. And I think you give yourself a good shot to make a team when you can play uh, multiple roles on a team. So he was playing DB and he was he was returning kicks. He looked pretty good returning kicks. He didn't put one on the turf. He ran straight ahead, you know. He, you know, he uh, he acquitted himself well. I also like Chandler Staten. I thought um, kicking is pull a this huge, up. huge. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's a very. I was telling people before the game to to watch for Chandler Staten. Yeah, it's kicking is a massive, massive training camp battle, and I think most Bomber fans, after what we saw in the Grey Cup with the infamous missed extra point and you know, subpar kickoffs um, and a couple not so great punts. I think that's, you know, people are really looking at this kicking game and Staten will calmly hit all his PATs in his field goal. And, you know, his kickoffs to Darren were something that sort of stood out to me because they were, they were landing around the five yard line of Edmonton. And I thought, I was looking to see the kickoff range of this guy, and I was happy with that. Whereas, especially in the Grey Cup, I thought Legio's kickoffs were, you know, guys were catching them around the 15 or 20 yard line. And I know you look at net yardage on those things, and you're look, you know, you're looking at your what's best for your return team. But the five is the five. So I I, I liked what I saw from Staten today. What did you think of him? Well, I've seen good from him for a long time and, and I wanted to see more of that today. And, and we saw more of that today. Uh, you just break it down to brass tacks. Where does he fit? You know, yeah. I, I don't know if he's a punter. I, I don't think he's going to be the guy that is going to, you know, pardon the on the nose pun, boot Mark Leggio from that punting spot. I am confident Mark Leggio will be the punter for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers this season. I'm fairly Is that confident. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and I'm fairly confident. I'm just as confident that uh that um uh, Sergio Castillo will be the field goal kicker. So for Chandler Staten, 
is he going to be okay on the practice roster waiting for an opportunity? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe he's trade bait. Maybe somebody plucks him off the practice roster and, and activates him uh, right away. It's easy to do that with a kicker, you know? I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm surprised to hear you say Legio is, is, you know, you're confident he'll be the punter because I, I thought that they were really auditioning these two guys and I don't know. I don't know how much it matters that a Canadian, how much does it matter in terms of roster management that, that a Canadian is your punter? I would say, it's, you know, to, to maybe put it fairly, it's a luxury to have Canadian specialists, right? You would like a Canadian long snapper. Most teams have a Canadian long snapper. You would like a Canadian kicker and a Canadian punter, but you don't need them. You just yeah. have to make adjustments elsewhere. And Michael Shea spoke to that just, just a couple days ago that, you know, there's lots of different things you can do with the roster. Winnipeg is incredibly deep. So if they got to put another Canadian out there on special teams, I don't think that's a big deal. Um, you know, if they got to put two or three more Canadians out there on special teams, I don't think that's a big deal. They're deep. They're deep at Canadian. Um, uh, you know, obviously uh, the 49er rule will be in this year yeah. by that i mean the naturalized canadian zach you and i've been talking uh and debating and bandying about this topic off air for weeks now trying to figure out how this is going to work i call them the 49ers because these are the american veterans that are allowed to become quote-unquote naturalized canadians uh if you know to replace a, a canadian in the ratio right. for 49% of plays, no more than that. Uh, the CFL approved this a year ago. It, it seems like forever ago, but did you, can you believe we nearly had a work stoppage in the CFL a year ago in training camp? Right. Like, I forgot. I had forgotten about that. Actually, it's, it's nuts. But you know, during that time where they they ironed it out, great that they got a, what was a six, seven year uh, collective bargaining agreement in place. They agreed on this naturalized Canadian rule, but my contacts at the Canadian Football League are telling me that not all the I's are dotted, not all the T's are crossed, and, and not everybody is on the same page of how it's going to work. So they're trying yeah. to figure that out and hammer it out and have something concrete for CFL kickoff 2023 when the regular yeah. season gets going. But that 49er rule those Americans that are veteran enough can replace Canadians. So it changes a lot of things uh, yeah. with the designated import, with your roster makeup, with your ratio on offense, defense, special teams, the rest. For those that don't know, it will be a naturalized Canadian is a American veteran player that has at least three years experience with their current team, that means they're in their fourth season. They have three years behind them. They're in their fourth season with their current team. They would be eligible to be a naturalized Canadian. Or five years behind them in their sixth year in the CFL. Uh, if that's the case, the team can identify. I believe they'll have... See, this is part that still needs to be ironed out. I think it's two or four will be identified. I think it'll be two. They'll be identified on the game day roster as those naturalized Canadians. Then they will be able to come in for a Canadian, say something happens to Jake Thomas or something happens to um, Drew Wolitarski. They'll be able to put an American in that spot. Or 
another thing that still needs to be ironed out that I haven't received full clarity on. If Jake Thomas goes down at defensive tackle, can you adjust the ratio elsewhere and put a Canadian at a different position on defense and put an American in, in Jake Thomas's spot? Or does that naturalized Canadian need to go where Jake Thomas is? The good thing here in all of this, Zach, is that this is on YouTube and podcast. So if you were confused as you probably are in all of this, you can go back and listen to it a second time. Or maybe you don't want to. Maybe you just want to, uh, well, you know, move on and, and try to enjoy the game for, for what it is. But if you're one is. of those ratio nerds, you know? Yeah. Oh, when you, when you talk about designated imports, right. That's when things get a little bit confusing to some, it's a bit of a labyrinth, but it's interesting to me, just, I know we'll talk about this more in midweek, but you said if Jake Thomas goes down, well, what if someone doesn't have to go down? What if it's, what if it's sort of like your, your silver bullet? Like, let's say you want to sub in your naturalized Canadian, uh, for Drew Wolitarski, and, right. and you know you bring in Rashid Bailey, so then you have right. you know all American, you, you know four or five American receivers. So it it there's a lot of permutations to this that and and someone on the chat said this like how are they going to track this? That's another thing, right? Like they apparently hired power- they, they've wow. hired the the officials for it that they're they're watching during the game and and they're, they've been doing that for the last couple of years. They've bolstered that staff right so, you'd need it, that you'd need someone to track that it'll so be it'll, it'll be interesting uh but lynn's head lynn's head is hurting so we'll we'll uh move off that <laughs> but um you know you were we were talking about kickers Sorry, and and i and the schmitz carl schmitz almost had an all-world punt he he booted it like 50 something yards and it it hit what did it hit like the one or two yard line and there was a backspin on it. This was in the fourth quarter. Him and uh, him and Jamison Sheehan were were sort of trading off uh, reps at punter and Schmitz. It bounced on on the one or two yard line and did a backspin, mm-hmm. and it just happened to hit one of the Elks players on the foot. So then it was a single point. But it would have been one of the best punts I've ever seen, sort of end over end. Wow. That I was so disappointed when it hit one of the Elks and it just ended up being a single because it rolled back into the end zone. Yeah, it's it's amazing what these kickers can do. And you hope, you know, you mentioned silver bullet. You hope that uh one of these global kickers has that silver bullet, has that little tricky spin tactic they can do and and you know you pull it out at the right time if they're good enough to do it and be able to do it you know well on command um you know that's a great weapon to have especially with uh, a special teams focused team like mike o'shea's blue bombers right uh it, it would it would really be something so the the when the Blue Bombers signed Sergio Castillo, everyone's like, oh, the kicking, the kicking controversy is over. Well, I think part of it was, but not all of it. They draft these two globals. They bring in an American in, in Chandler Staten, who is a looks to be a pretty capable field goal kicker. And now they've got options, which is the good problem to have versus last year not having options, maybe not a good problem. You know, it's a bad problem to have. So we'll see how that all shakes out. Uh, this coming week is going to be fascinating. Zach, uh, the roster deadline is early in training camp, like three, four days into camp. They have to chop down to 75 plus non counters. What's a non counter. 
pretty much draft picks or Canadian rookies uh, that, you know, haven't played in the league. Um, the next roster deadline is essentially just their week one roster. So they'll have to form their practice roster of 10. Uh, they'll have their injured lists. We already know a couple guys are on the injured list, namely Tiadric Hansen starting on the sixth game um, and Kyrie Wilson starting on the sixth game. So two big contributors on the Blue Bombers defense. Um, let's talk about the, the defense because there was a couple guys there that I was watching for today, Zach, and it's it's tough in the preseason, it's tough to watch guys on defense because the coaches and their analysis of them, they're going to be looking at plays where they're not even the guy making the tackle or making the pass defense. Right. It's going to be away from the ball a lot of the time. So it's hard to say this guy was great or this guy wasn't very good when you don't know what he did, you know, the other 90% uh, of, of the time. But um, linebacker, defensive back, defensive line. Winnipeg's going to be looking for some guys. Yeah. I, you know, looking at that D early on, well, it, it was one of the incumbents, not one of the new guys that really impressed me. And that was Alden Darby because they had a lot of the starters, you know, our dime backer who, who of course plays, if you're the Sam linebacker, you play more of a coverage role. I thought Darby was all over the field. Uh, but, but one guy I was really looking at was, was Evan Holm. He's mm-hmm. a guy who everyone is saying was, was a real standout at training camp. One guy even said he was the the MVP of training camp and he had a nice pass uh, breakup did home. And then uh, later on in the game, he, he had a nice, a nice tackle. So I thought he, he played really well. Uh, I could see why they were high on him. I think Mike O'Shea said he had the best feet of a DB he'd ever seen. Mm. I'm not, I'm not smart enough to catch someone's footwork, but um, that's the, the, O'Shea isn't usually one prone to hyperbole. So if he, I mean, I was surprised to hear him say something like that, which is such a glowing review, but um, Hey, he gives us, he gives us a little nugget of insight once in a while, you know, he'll, he'll (laughs) say something. You'd be like, actually that was so often I'm in my car driving home from the stadium on a, you know, on a, on a Wednesday afternoon at practice. And I'm like, that was actually kind of interesting, you know. So often he's he's guarded. Oh yeah. Uh, the the Blue Bombers head coach famously guarded. Um but man, um you know, once in a while Evan Holm came here to Winnipeg last season. I didn't think he played particularly well, you know, on defense. He no, was he okay. Didn't stand out. Yeah, he was okay returning kicks. He he started a handful of games. Jamal Parker stepped in. He started nine games for Winnipeg. Uh, Demario Houston getting hurt, but he was really good when he was healthy, a sec, uh, effectively stealing Winston Rose's boundary cornerback right. spot. Now Rose is a little bit nicked up, and we'll, we'll see if he's ready for game one. Maybe we'll talk about that in a second, Zach. Uh, some of the guys that might be in question, uh, in addition to the two on the six-game injured list to start the year. Um, but you know, Winnipeg is going to have to find some guys that are going to be ready to play quickly. Yeah, it's a deep team and, and you know, all the boys are back and, and the rest, like Winnipeg has done a great job doing. But, uh, you know, if Rose is banged up or if, um, you know, uh, Adam Big Hill is banged up or, or some of these, they're going to need to find you know, is it Barrington Wade, uh, a rookie that's that's right. made some noise? Is it Matt Cole? We saw him, I thought, fearlessly 
running, uh, you know, the, the return game for the Blue Bombers today. I thought he was great. Um, you know, is it Abu Durami Soiree? Uh, I hope I'm getting that right. You got, I think you got it. Yeah. Soiree. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm happy. I'm happy about that. <laughs> what do we got? What, what are his initials? ADS. Are we just going to call him ADS? I don't know. Yeah, we could. I mean, you you introduced Brandon O'Leary Orange as Bolo. Right. So I think, you know, you, you've got a history here of, of monikers, attaching monikers. So let's go. Let's call him ADS. That would be much easier. Okay. <laughs> much, well, much were, easier. Yeah. Solomon Karamoko, a second year global. I yeah. think it's a second year. It might be third uh, for the Blue Bombers in the, you know, big guy. Uh, yeah. You know, he's, he's got some nice size and, uh, and, and versatile. So... Uh, I think Winnipeg has some options, but um, Evan Holm, I think, is based on the camp he's had, what everybody has said about him, including the head coach. I think it's a really good thing when you bring a guy back for a second year and he is really opening eyes the way that Evan Holm has. Yeah. I, I think it it, it makes things uh, a lot less anxiety uh, ridden for, you know, uh, Jordan Younger, the Blue Bombers defensive backs coach. Uh uh, DC, Richie Hall and, and his staff. And, and obviously the general manager, Kyle Walters. Yeah. And Matt, you're, you're talking about Matt Cole, who is returning kicks. Mm -hmm. The that's the, now Matt Cole is the DB, whereas Brian Cole is the linebacker, right? right? Yeah. So yeah, I, I, Matt Cole I, number six. What, I, I write, uh, I, I, I liked what both, uh, I like what both Coles brought to the table tonight, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Brian Brian Cole had a really nice tackle in the fourth quarter. Um, I had him down, and if Denny is watching, I have my I have my stuff written out now again on my little uh, call sheet. But uh, he he had a couple nice tackles. Brian Cole, I wrote him down in the second quarter. He had a nice tackle, and you know, in in the preseason game, that's where they can finally look at tackling, right? They want to see that when the, the when the pads are on and the lights are on, can you actually tackle? Because uh, I think that's where some guys um, sort of move ahead of the pack and other guys sort of fall off. And I thought Brian Cole was solid on his tackles. And and now Matt Cole, Matt Cole was there too. Yeah, I, I think they got a couple nice uh, pieces of coal in their stocking. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, but, Darren's uh, in mid-season form, or, no, or that not? was weak. No, 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 no. That was that was a, a throwaway play, one that uh, you know we're, we're not going to be looking at too many times uh, in the film room. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, fine. We we <laughs> but, do look at film, folks. Yeah, yeah, as much as we can. What um, about Barrington Wade? He was a guy. So he played was playing middle linebacker at the beginning mm -hmm. of the game. He was a guy who everyone was high on and some some people talking about him as maybe an heir apparent to, to Biggie some some time down the road. Not now. Uh, how do you think he showed? I know it's hard to tell in a preseason well, game. You know, we, we said this about Malik Clements. We've said this about Kyrie Wilson, the heir apparent, you know, for Adam Big Hill down the road. Um, I think for the most part, like football experts will disagree with this, but I will say for the most part, the weak side and the middle linebacker spot, pretty interchangeable, especially in Winnipeg's system. Uh, I think there are some guys they wouldn't put at weak side, but they would put it at middle, like, like a Shane Gauthier. Uh, but 
Malik Clements came in here last year as a second year CFLer, looked really good, got better every game in my opinion, um, and and was really good come playoffs. Kyrie Wilson, we know how good he is. He's probably you know prior to his injury last year, Zach, you and I talked about how he was criminally underrated. In and the you CFL. know what, Darren? I, I I know I'm interrupting, but I have to no. because I was yeah. at the Taste of the Blue Bombers. It was a great event, by the way, folks. They'll do it again next year. You got to go. They they had um, I don't, must have been ten or twelve restaurants, local restaurants, and each each one had an offering, and you got to eat it and vote on which one was the best. And then there was special drinks and desserts. It it and there was there was players and personalities walking around the concourse like. Uh, um, Kyrie Wilson and Theatric Hansen, I ran into them and I told Kyrie Wilson that, that he was having an unbelievable year. The guy is like, I didn't realize this. The guy is huge. Like sometimes you don't know when you're in the stands as a fan, but you, you encounter someone like Kyrie Wilson up close. The guy is absolutely jacked. Wow. Very humble too. Very, because I was telling him how good he was. He's like, no, 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 Malik Clements, he's doing well in my spot. I'm like, no, dude, he's he's not Kyrie Wilson. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're probably right, but w- what a what a nice option to have behind Kyrie yeah. Wilson. And if Barrington Wade can become, you know, that next in the line and and be somebody that can develop into a starter, I, I think that's a really good thing. Maybe uh, it's it's Brian Cole, um, you know we'll have to see uh these preseason games are so difficult to really sink your teeth into who shone who didn't uh who's on the outside looking in or vice versa but uh keep hitting up the live chat or if you're watching afterwards or you're on uh podcast text the bonfire hotline 204-816-TIPS 816-8477 it's just like texting your mama uh, no, no difference there as far as your standard message rates and, and the rest. Uh, and I'm seeing lots of people hitting the thumbs up on the YouTube video too. That's awesome. Keep doing that guys. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, but jump into the comments, jump into the live chat. Who did you like, who are you hoping has a breakout game or makes the team? Um, I'm, I'm really curious to see, uh, some of that, you know, Jeff Kabila's, uh, I think him and I are, are on the same page with, waiting for Brendan O'Leary Orange to have that breakout game. I think he's somebody that can steal a job in the starting receiving core. He's big, he's athletic, um, not a burner, but very talented football player and, and you know, didn't have the greatest, uh, uh, you know, luck with the ball today, but he has shown the ability to make some tough catches. They were certainly uh, trying to highlight him. Or, or do you think that was intentional? They seemed to go at him a bunch early on in the game. I mean, it all, I don't. We don't have the great stats, but it looked like mm-hmm. he he had like what six, seven balls thrown at him early on in the game, including from Zach Kolaris. So uh, I wonder if they were really trying to see what he was all about. I mean, they got a glimpse last year, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I didn't, it, I didn't lead you very well there, buddy. Well, no, no, they, <laughs> they, they, they did get a, a look at him last year. You know, he, he dressed for a lot of games. He, I, I don't, I, he might have started a couple. But I think he started a couple. Yeah, yeah. I was just reading Waiter's comment here about you dropping names. You know? Oh yeah, oh, 
hanging out with Kyrie Wilson, you know. Oh, like, I'm you know. just getting started. I mean, but listen, it's easy to drop names if you if you go to that Taste of the Bombers event. There were players all over the place. Danny Mack was walking around. Wade Miller, Kyle Walters, and his wife were. Walking. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, I could drop names all day, baby. <laughs> I got lots of autographs on my jersey. Let's just say, you're one of those, eh? You're one yeah, of those. But name but droppers, after, and then you'll they show went after you the name. Bolo tons of times in this game. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't have. I, I lost count. I thought it was like six or seven. Uh, he had a couple catches. He missed a couple. But it's preseason. Yeah. Yes, uh, he I, also had a run. He also had a ten yard run on a sweep, didn't he? He did. It was actually pretty nice. He's a yep. big dude. I, I again, I'll drop names. I saw him at that event. He's a big dude. He is. He's for a receiver. He's really big. <laughs> he's it's big. funny though. Like you mentioned, Kyrie Wilson. Oh, he's big. Yeah. Oh, Bolo. He's big. But you're talking about all these guys being there with Tiadric Hansen. Tiadric Hansen oh, yeah. is a monster. Oh my god. You know, like. It's crazy how yeah. formidable he is yeah. in person. He's chiseled uh, out of granite. That guy. Well, that too. Yeah. I mean. German granite. W- what a global for the Blue Bombers to snag. Hey, like, man. Oh, yeah. Well, you could argue that. Couldn't you argue he's the best global that we've ever seen in the CFL? Teodric, I mean, he's he's a rotational pass rusher on the dark side defense. I mean, mm-hmm. when we lost that guy. It really affected the bombers' uh, ability to rush the passer. Mm-hmm. I thought, and I told him that when I'm dropping his name. Is Zach Small says bomber fan? Yes, I am. Everybody looks big to me. I'm I'm five foot seven uh, on a five seven you know, five seven on a good day with with a shoe. You know, with the shoe <laughs> with the shoe. I'm five foot seven. See, you should get some cleats and you can get, get, get some nice two inch yeah, pegs I, in there. And then I'd surpass five, seven. I mean, I don't, the yeah. world would be my oyster, but, um, yeah. You know, sure. Derek, Derek brings up, uh, what's going on, Derek? Good to see you in, in the live chat. Uh, thanks for joining. Derek, uh, says our starters played a ton yeah. more than I was expecting. We looked great until they all came out. Good start. I think Lawler will have a monster oh, year. Yeah. Um, all good points. Yeah. Were you surprised to see that many, like, you know, Kolaris and the really, guys play as much as they did? I was, I was actually shocked and I kind of felt dumb. I'm like, I didn't see this coming. Like, I know that uh, Kolaris traveled with the team, but I thought he was traveling just more, you know, maybe he'd get a couple, a couple series, but I thought he was maybe there to coach up the young guys. Um, In the yeah, words of Chris Walby on the pregame show, what a waste of tape. Yeah, I remember that was a great line by Walby. He was in he was in midseason form. I I love that show, buddy. Great job with you and Walby. If you if you haven't yet, check it out the the game day. Even though the game's already done, there's still lots of uh, oh yeah, lots, lots of, of great stuff there. in there to check out in the in the game day um, pregame with you and Walby. But I was shocked, and and you saw the starting O line there as well. They played uh, also when Brown Drew Brown came in, they were still out there, which I thought was good because it gives Brown the opportunity to to see what it's like with the with the starting O line, so you can actually get a sense of what he's doing, um, and get him get him a chance to to get into uh, early season form. But I I was quite surprised Kolaris was you know in there for the first quarter and about five minutes into the second. Yeah, I I was too. I didn't think they needed to play 
him too much. Uh, but the fact that they did and, and getting that long touchdown strike to Kenny Lawler against Lawler's former team. Uh, I think somebody I saw on Twitter, they mentioned that Kenny Lawler had like his son's school class, like the entire class there to oh, watch really? the game. So for dad to, to get a touchdown, uh, you know, uh, in front of all your friends is, is a pretty right. cool thing for, for Kenny's, uh, Kenny's kid. But, um, cool. I liked how Winnipeg just swapped Drew Brown in for Zach Kolaris. I, I didn't want to see too much of Drew Brown, but I also understand why Winnipeg did that going into the game. You know, I mentioned with Walby, let's see more of Josh Jones. Let's see more yeah. of, of Terrell Pigram. Uh, I say that almost in like a, like, you know, from the perspective of, well, I know what Zach Kolaris brings. I know what Drew Brown brings. I want to see these new guys. But yeah. if you're the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, you got to make sure QB1 is ready. And you yeah. got to make sure QB2 is also ready. So it probably made a lot more sense than I theorized uh, or maybe hope hoped that the, the blue bombers had done because uh, I, I think it's, that's important. The bombers don't want to have to resort to drew Brown taking, I say resort. I mean, you know, most teams would, uh, you know, would shoot their own foot for, uh, for, for that to be there, you know, drew Brown to be their number two quarterback um, at yeah. worst. But if Winnipeg needs drew Brown to take uh, meaningful offensive snaps, because QB one's not available, um, they need to make sure that he's ready. So I, I get that they wanted to, to give him reps, the Edmonton Elks, this is their second preseason game. So they, they had a lot of their main guys, uh, in there, uh, against Drew Brown. So, uh, you know, probably a good move by Winnipeg. Yeah. It was nice to see Brown in there with the starting O-line. Cause you really want to get, get him to shake the rust off and actually have some time to go through his progressions. I thought, I thought he played okay. I mean, it's hard to know what the first game, right? They're shaking mm -hmm. off rust and things. I thought he, 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 he looked off the middle of the field and went back to the middle and threw a uh, ball into traffic that I thought wasn't great. Did Brown, but mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think it, it's interesting. So, so what do we, what do we expect now from the quarterback, uh, position in the home game against the Riders because now Kolaris has played a, a quarter plus. Does usually that's where you see your starting quarterback is in the home game. Usually they don't travel to the road game. So right. would will they give him a quarter? I, I don't even. I, I would expect not. I think maybe he's he's played his quarter that he needed. He, he's got the touchdown out of the way to to Lawler. Does yeah. he need to play anymore? I don't think so. But then again, I didn't think I didn't see him starting here either so what do i know yeah yeah i mean we'll we'll have to see I, w I wish i had more insight than that then then we'll have to see it it really depends i'll tell you what it probably depends on it depends on what zach Kolaris wants yeah right you know if he's like look i i i need more snaps they'll give them to him right i think they'll want to give drew brown a lot of work too and then whatever's left over split it between Pigram and, and Josh Jones and, and find out what you got in these guys. We know what Terrell Pigram can do with his legs. What can Josh Jones do with his legs, uh, in the short yardage? This can be tricky Zach, because we we've talked about this through the years on bonfire. You don't show too much especially in the preseason, but even going into the regular season, you don't show too much. And part of showing too much is 
how you run your wedge package, how you run your short yardage. Like, what are you exactly doing? Where are the off? Like these coaches will watch each individual player and map out what they're doing. Are they diving left or right or down or mm. up or pushing or pulling or whatever they're doing, all of these things. So you want to run some short yardage, you know, Pigram got a touchdown today with, with in the short yardage package. But you also don't want to maybe run the exact short yardage package that you're going to run when you need a first down, when you need to punch in a score. Um, I oh, This is something I wanted to mention. I so often see people comment in the preseason, like, well, you know, they really got to work on their run game. Mm. I think that's one of the easiest things to say in the preseason. And I'm not saying that as a shot to anybody who's saying that. I think it's easy to say that because the most vanilla of it all will be the run game, the run mm. blocking, the zone, uh, the, you know, the entire schema of it. They are not going to show you how they're going to run the football when the regular season starts or when they're deeper into the regular season, they're going to keep it super vanilla, uh, super straightforward. So you can't expect to have running backs go six yards, seven yards, five yards, seven yards, 10 yards. But it's probably but the Elks did. The Elks okay. did with Brown. They were getting six, seven that yards guy's a on nut. us. That guy is nuts. It is crazy how good he is. So you would say that, well, because we, our run game was struggling um, quite a bit, I thought, especially with our starting O-line in. And so if you're saying, uh, you know, you're not going to see too much there. It's, it's not really a concern. Edmonton. I'm, I'm more, was, I, but also with the backup, their backup running back, I think it was Brooks or something. Mm -hmm. He was getting six, seven yards, a, a, a run. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm, I'm not saying that's why Winnipeg wasn't able to get the run going. I'm saying it's an easy thing to say. And it's often said by those of us watching the game, because it is often the case that they're not trying anything too exotic or too creative. Yeah. Or you're going to see Brendan O'Leary orange on, uh, you know, on an outside carry a halfback sweeper or whatever. Um, but the traditional run game, I don't think they really dig into the intricacies of a strategized run game. Like it's yeah. easy to just say the run game, the run game plan. There's a lot to it. Like I, you know, I work in junior football with the Winnipeg rifles, rifle up a uh, great organization, the blue bombers support, and they support back, um, great partnership there. But in, in talking with those coaches and, and watching what they do, uh, in practice, and I'm doing play by play during the game. So then I'm seeing what I saw in practice, uh, through the years, a lot goes into those run games. A lot goes into that game planning. Um, so yeah, Edmonton's run game looked good today in the preseason. Winnipeg's didn't. I'm just saying maybe it's it's not uh, – maybe don't take too much from it. That's all I'm saying. Well, and you, you don't know if if Kevin Brown was just being a, a freak or whether our run defense wasn't that great too. I mean, you're, you're rotating a bunch of guys in there as well. Um, yeah, I don't think I'm particularly concerned by it, although uh, it was nice to see Augustine get some touches mm -hmm. at least – because you know he he has he has speed to burn. He's another guy who's chiseled out of granite. Uh, I think he's a vegan too. You know, it's one of these people that just eats plants. I, I should try that, <laughs> especially as I near my fortieth year. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm starting to get long in the tooth. I think and... with Johnny Augustine, I, I don't think I'm I'm wrong in in this uh, this insight on him. It, it goes beyond being a vegan. I think he eats like incredibly clean, like yeah. no processed foods. Like he's he's not eating those you know vegan uh, frozen meals, right? He's eating like <laughs> super super frozen. clean. Um, yeah, he doesn't have kids though. Try try eating non-processed foods when you have kids. I mean, you'd never eat anything. Yeah. You'd never eat anything. Anyway, um yeah, I'm not too concerned with the run game. Uh, uh It's going to be a fascinating week at practice, Zach. I I think, you know, uh I hope you can head down. We'll we'll have a chat well, at practice yeah, this hopefully. week. That would be good. We'll hang out a little bit and uh get a look at at some of these guys um in their final prep for their you know this is their job audition right this is their job interview that they're in right now so you know what just speaking of running you know who i thought looked looked really elusive and quick was was a guy on the elk side which is which is trey ford i i thought he he like he he's hard to bring down in the open field he's mm -hmm. he's fast and elusive athlete. wow yeah yeah well, hey, he's an like, athlete his he's the quarterback Right. And then his brother's the DB and his brother's in yeah. the NFL. Right. Okay? And they're twins. And I'm not saying they're built identical, but one of them was tasked with being a quarterback, which is the most difficult, multiple skill involved position in pro sports, in my opinion, in the opinion of many. And then his brother. Like plays the the position where you have to be the most reactive the most agile the most athletic and fast so when one brother's in the nfl and the other is an undersized quarterback in the cfl you know trey ford's got a little something right oh, yeah and for chris jones to be the one who drafted him to be the one that says you know we want you to be our number two as a rookie uh yeah they you know they got kyle oxley there as well behind taylor cornelius but uh, I think Trey Ford's future is super bright. I think he has got just a, a very dynamic skill set, and the the quarterbacking. I say that kind of in the traditional sense. The quarterbacking of sitting in the pocket, going through your reads and your progressions, running an offense, reading defenses, seeing what they're giving you, seeing what they're taking away. All that will come in time. Not everybody's Nathan Rourke. Right. Where you get a year under Mike, uh, Michael Riley, and then you're, you're off to the races, uh, shattering records. Right. Um, but, uh, I, I think Trey Ford, even Taylor Cornelius, I think Edmonton's in a better position at quarterback than a lot of teams in the CFL today. Well, they better be. Cause I, I would counter that by saying, I don't know why they are so high on Taylor Cornelius as their number one. I'll tell this you guy, why. He, he's not very accurate though, Darren. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That, and I don't, unless he's improved that, uh, they're going to be in trouble. I'm very curious to see. Weapons. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be diplomatic about it. I'll, I'll be fair about it or balanced about it. I'm curious to see how much he can grow in year two. What I know for sure, what we all know for sure about Taylor Cornelius is he is big. He is strong. He can throw the football probably harder and farther. He's got heavy balls. Pardon me? He's got heavy balls. He throws a heavy ball, apparently. Throws That's a heavy ball. Say. Yeah. I don't know about that <laughs> plural assessment by you. He throws Ooh. heavy balls. 
He has heavy balls. Excuse me? Uh, and he can run, right? Yeah, he can he run can. the football. So I think there is opportunity there for Taylor Cornelius to become a solid starter in the CFL. Yeah. I yeah, really, yeah, really yeah. do. Some people think I'm nuts for saying that. No, he I don't has think everything... you're nuts for saying that. I think he's got Eugene Lewis there. You know, you just yeah, have to throw helps. it up to Lewis, right? And you've got Dylan Mitchell and you've got a bunch of weapons there for him to work with where he doesn't maybe have to be super accurate. But even in this game with some of the starting, the Eugene Lewis was in there. They had some starting receivers in there. I didn't think he looked all that accurate. He was missing some easier throws, but uh, it's preseason. So I, I, I don't, I'm not going to make an assessment on it now. You're just going to assess his balls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're, they're still heavy. They're still heavy. Yes. My mind. Oh, oh look at that. A sound uh, effect. So in the future, I think Zach will, you know, towards the regular season, you and I will go through our regular game day after dark nods as we call them uh right. with our happy honker our uh game balls uh we'll, we'll hand out uh every game what else am i missing oh westwood wide to the right westwood's wide to the right moment point Walby's warrior. warrior oh yes see i needed you to remind me it's been a while uh but yeah we'll we'll get into the bonfire burning point maybe we'll just do a bonfire burning point today on the premiere of, of game day after dark. Thanks to everybody for, for joining us. But uh, as we wrap it up, what do you think is your bonfire burning point today? And and it doesn't have to be, I don't think it has to be about like who won or the moment that changed right. the game, but the moment that burns for you. Well, you better you not know, talk about Cornelius's balls. No, 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 no. They, you don't want burned heavy balls. Footballs. That's, that, that's getting into bad, bad, bad balls. Um, honestly, it, it kind of is about the game, but, it but the, you know, at the beginning of the third quarter, the Elks kind of made a game of it. They had a nine-minute drive that, ca that was capped off with that, um, was it Trey Ford who, who got, he ran into the end zone and he, it was almost did a front flip into the end zone. They, they, they got, uh, I think they tied the game. Did they not? At 17? Mm -hmm. And then right after that, it was the mm -hmm. piggy drive which she capped off with a 45 yard run on, on an option. Uh, and yeah, I think it was a read option and he just ran around the edge for the touchdown. And then the bombers went up for good uh, to make it 25, seven, I think it was 25, 17. So, uh, or 24, 17, sorry. So to me, that was the bonfire burning point and it was hot. That was a, that was a run by he, that was a scorching run by, by piggy T. Piggy T. Yeah. You know what? I, I think those two plays by him, the, uh, you know, as you just talked about the, the second down conversion and then the, the touchdown, um, you know, the way that he punched it in pretty seamlessly, uh, on the, uh, the short yardage, uh, short yardage touchdown run on the Zach Kolaris drive. Uh, very encouraging, very, very encouraging. Drew Brown looked good. The first team offense looked good. It's tough to say about the defense. I'm not going to, you know, it would be it would be easy to say, yeah, they looked good, but we'll see. We'll we'll see. Uh my bonfire burning point uh will be Zach Kalaris just leading two touchdown drives, right? Yeah. Uh getting out of the pocket, 
finding Kenny Lawler on a double move, uh, you know, getting, getting behind, uh, the Elks defensive coverage. Uh, that's just a nice thing to see early in the season to get those. This is what the preseason's about. Get the good feelings flowing a little bit, right? For these guys, it's been a long winter of working out in, in dark gyms. It's been a long <laughs> spring of two a day practices, four hour workouts, um, you know, playing against the same guys over and over and over again. So often without pads, without tackling, without real hits, without real competition. They went out there today, strapped them on, uh, and, and went out and hit somebody in the mouth. And for Winnipeg to come away with the victory, great thing, 25-23 the final. Uh, but just to get those good feelings going for every individual on that team, for the coaching staff, and hey, for all you out there, for the fans, get those good feelings going. Uh, we got a great season ahead uh, here uh, with your favorite football team, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And yeah, we're, we're going to keep you covered uh, top to bottom on Bonfire Sports. Oh, heck yeah, buddy. I'm excited. This, this was kind of just like a little preseason, little hors d'oeuvre, and then we're going to get to the main course. This was like fun. It. Heck, by the end of the season, we might be calling Winnipeg Winnipeggy. Oh, you never right? know. If you if, never know if Tyler Pigram or Tyrell Pigram, um, whatever his name is, continues like this. I know <laughs> this was just preseason. Right. And I, I know he wasn't he was playing as backup. So we outran. But we'll see. I, I, I'm excited. I, I think he's he's the one I'm most excited to see maybe on June 2nd when when they finish their preseason schedule against the Riders at home. Yeah, I'm with you. If you're not going to the game. On June 2nd at IG Field, head over to Shannon's Irish Pub. Pre-game, post-game, game day specials, even during the Jets season. Like, get downtown where the action is uh, almost any time. You can go uh, see our good friends at Shannon's Irish Pub, 175 Carlton Street, underneath the streets of downtown Winnipeg, just a saucer pass from True North Square. Um, 21 beers on tap. They got you covered top to bottom uh, in the beverage department, but underrated is the food. Go check them out. Uh, they will take good care of you. See, it's happening again. How did I do that? What? <laughs> One of these days, I will figure this out. But, uh, well, I guess on that note, maybe I should just sign off, eh? Well, I saw I saw the Shannon's thing come up. Oh, the Shannon's thing, yes. But I'm, I'm talking about the outro video. The outro video. Oh, yeah. Are, are they still doing the wild boar burger there? I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. You're going to have to go check them out. Shannon's check Irish Pub. Out, Shannon's. Yep. yep. Yeah. Get them on Instagram, too. Shannon's Irish Pub. You don't want to miss nice. it. Nice. Okay, nice. we will see you Wednesday for Bonfire Midweek, pregame and postgame, June 1st, June 2nd, with that Bombers second preseason game on June 2nd at IG Field. Schnitz, good to see you, buddy. Take care, man. You too, brother. And nice to see the, all the fire starters, everyone in the chat. Jeff, Waiters, James in the Peg, Dark Moon, whoever you are, Cappy D, Sandy. Tamara. Good to see you all. Arlen yep. and Vicky, who was in Edmonton. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Nice to see you all and everyone else. Go give a thumbs up and uh, go tell your friends about uh, Bonfire Sports. We will see you Wednesday, maybe even a little bit earlier. I have some content here uh, on the channel. Take care, everybody.